Welcome to the KPC Podcast. This week's message is from Pastor Mark Santum. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the sacred place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for the wonderful truth of uh, this beautiful psalm. And but Lord, before we get into that, we just want to give you thanks this morning on this Sabbath day, uh, remembering your amazing sacrifice for us. Lord, also, we, we do take note that there are many Christians around the world that they live in countries where they do not have the freedom to, he- to hear the gospel, to share the gospel, to worship openly and freely. And Lord, I know America has its issues. Lord, we are steeped in sin and brokenness in many ways, but yet we have a great freedom to worship a God every week. And none of us come to the service out of fear for our lives or serious persecution. Lord, we do on this Memorial Day weekend, Lord, we, we thank you for the men and the women, hundreds of thousands of them, decades past, previous wars that have made the ultimate sacrifice, Lord, for this country. Lord, we do, we want to honor them, and we thank you for them and for the legacy that we enjoy today because of their sacrifice. God, you're awesome. We love you. I thank you for uh, this Youth Sunday today and for all of the, the young men and women, the future of this church that are going to be here in front for everyone to see and working behind the scenes. We just love you, and we thank you for the part that each of them play. What a joy it is to be able to minister to them and get to know them and their families. Lord, minister, Lord, to us today through them, and uh, we, will, we vow to give you the praise and glory as a result. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, good, good to have you here. This is you Sunday, so we're going to shake it up a little bit. So we're starting a service, and look, there are no worshipers up here, huh? Right? So it's okay. I checked the Bible and the EPC's Book of Order, and we're allowed to do that. All right? It's all good. Um, but we will, we will uh, bring them up uh, in a short while. Let me just say this. Before we get into the significance of, one, uh, of Psalm 139 that Aubrey just read, um, can we look at the uh, major uh, context and the theme today? See if this clicker is right. Today we're going to talk about the maker's masterpiece. The maker's masterpiece. You know what? I love good art. How many appreciate artwork? All right. Oh, we got a lot of right-brained folks out there. I love that. So uh, when I was at Geneva College, everyone had to take, we'd take three semesters of humanities or Western Civ, which all my engineering friends hated. They're like, oh, Lord, deliver me from humanities. And so I loved it, especially the literature part and the parts on art. So um, I want to show you a few of my favorite masterpieces um, over the years. Um, the first one, everyone loves, how many loves Van Gogh's Starry Night? 
It's beautiful, displaying the glory of God. This was painted by Van Gogh in 1889. Um, another one that I love, this is uh, from George Seurat in 1884. This is a Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Jatée. I love that painting, not just because it's fun to say La Grande Jatée, but this is this is written in uh, this was painted in pointillism, which means uh, George Seurat. What he did is he took a paintbrush and he did this entire piece, which is huge, by the way, in points. So a half a billion points later, we have this beautiful work of art. Isn't that incredible? And here's uh, another uh, glorious one of mine. I used to have this up in my office as well. Uh, hopefully we won't have trouble with the clicker moving on. So this is Caravaggio. I uh, painted this in 1600. This is the conversion of St. Paul from Acts chapter 9. Just the glorious humility of this, uh, this arrogant disciple persecutor being knocked off of his high horse, raising his hands in submission to Jesus. Isn't that great? Well, I'm not the only one that loves art in this church. I did a poll a few others. Um, I asked Sandy Morgan what her favorite piece was. And so Sandy gave us... Yes, this is Botticelli, uh, 1480, The Birth of Venus. Um, because we have children in here today, we gave you the cropped version. So there you go. Um, I asked Trace Batten uh, what her favorite art is, and so this is more of a recent painting. This is uh, from 1989. This is Pentecost by Andrew Wyeth. Isn't that great? Almost looks like a photograph, doesn't it? beautiful. I asked Marie Roberson. Now, she is an art teacher, so she should know a thing or two. She had a lot of answers, but this is one uh, that we'll draw today. This is from 1942. This is Edward Hopper's Nighthawks. Isn't that gorgeous? So, you just see the rich cultural heritage in here. Of course, I did ask uh, Caleb Jones what his favorite was, and <laughs> this is entitled A Princess and Her Gum. So, highbrow Caleb Jones that was done by an eighth grade, eighth grade student in Mountain View Elementary School. So there you go, Caleb. Um, what I love about God is that he is not just a left brain mathematician and physicist, which he is, but he's a right brain musician and he's an artist. He's both. And I know in this church we have people that, uh, that, that they're very left brain. They, they know the numbers and the facts and others. They just love the float in the clouds of creativity. And it takes all of us to make the world go round. But what I love about what Ralph Waldo Emerson once said is never lose the opportunity of seeing anything beautiful, for beauty is God's handwriting. Isn't that the truth? Um, just think about creation. God could have made this earth completely utilitarian, right? According to evolutionists, whatever you need to survive, that is all that is necessary. But God, he doesn't roll like that. Here's just, uh, just a few pictures. I mean, this is a God of creation that just boasts with his handiwork, with his beauty. I mean, this is far beyond what is necessary to live. It is just beautiful to watch and behold uh, the glory and the creation of our maker, you know, even down to the birds. Isn't that crazy? But what I love about this, for as beautiful as artwork is, for as beautiful as nature is, there is no beauty under heavens like those, like the beauty of those who were created in his image. So, how many of you think this is a stock photo? It is not. If you guys know uh, Danny and Steph Benson, this is their son, Ethan, who was just born uh, last month. Um, they could sell greeting cards with that one. Uh, so that does give us, I, we reference it here, Ephesians 2.10. 
uh, which is our keynote verse for this morning. So let's read that short, let's read that, shall we? Ephesians 2.10 says, we, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. Now that Greek word for workmanship, because as you know, the Bible's not written in English, is the word poema. Does that sound like a familiar word? It's the same word where we get the English word poem. So it carries the idea of artistry, of beauty, of poem, of a masterpiece. It means masterpiece, something that is created with the highest order of goodness and the highest standard of beauty and excellence. That's the way God rolls. God does not say, well, that's just good enough. He sets the bar for all things good and for all things beautiful. This word poema is only used one other time in the New Testament in Romans 1.20 when Paul was talking to the Romans about the creation of God and the creation of humankind. So he uses this word very sparingly, and he uses it for us. So we should this morning, we should remember why we are the maker's masterpieces. I don't know if you're going to learn anything new this morning, but that's all right. You don't always have to learn something new. Being at church isn't always about learning and having a cranial exercise, which is always good. But this may be more today just to remind you, maybe a refreshment for your soul to realize why we are the maker's poema, why we are his masterpiece. Three reasons, because we were created as a masterpiece because we were reborn as a masterpiece, and because we are also becoming a masterpiece. So we're going to look at the first two just briefly this morning, and then I will look at the third one at the end of the service in a very creative way. So let's just look at this first one here real quickly. Poema, we were born a masterpiece. Aubrey, you did such a great job reading one Psalm 139 for us. It says, for you created me, O God, in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place when I was woven together. How about that? God knits and he weaves. God's a knitter and a weaver. How many knitters and weavers we have in here? Yes, you were inspired by Almighty God because he first knit and wove you together. And so now we have the expression to, to knit, to, to um. I said knead, that's kneading dough. All right, to knit and to weave uh, creations of our own. And David declares, I praise you, this is a great verse, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So God knew the intimate details of us, even in utero, as he, as he, as he weaved us together in such a beautiful, wonderful way. What I love, here's a more literal translation from, uh, from David's declaration that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It is this. I am distinguished by things in my creation which are suited to inspire awe. Let me read that again. I am distinguished by things in my creation which are suited to inspire awe. Isn't that awesome? Just consider the mind-blowing complexities in the makeup of our bodies, the jaw-dropping complexity of things like the human brain, our neural connections, our central nervous system, our digestive system, our skin, uh, the human eye, as well as our capacity to think, to feel, to perceive, to create, to choose, and to love. These things are all so trans-evolutionary, things that are so unnecessary just for basic survival. That's because God is an artist. We are his masterpiece, and he makes us in his image. That's why we are so much more. We are so much more. Um, G.K. Chesterton once said, we are perishing for lack of wonder, not necessarily for lack of wonders. You know, wonders are good, but sometimes we just are guilty of not 
being in wonder of what God has done, his, his artistry, his masterpiece, of which we are his highest creation. You know what? Some of us need to be reminded of this because we have forgotten that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, how many of you, this, is, this will show your age a little bit, how many of you from back in the day remember this sign, if you've seen it anywhere? Yeah, isn't that a good one? There it is. How many remember that sign? Raise your hand if you do. This was actually up in my elementary school classroom in second grade. Our teacher had, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. Now, as an English teacher, the grammar here cuts me to the core, but I'm going to lay my grammar Nazi aside right now, and I'm just going to appreciate the fact uh, that it has a beautiful message there. Uh, my dad would always say, in all my years of following the Lord, son, I'd never heard the Lord one time say, oops. And he has never done that, even when he created us. You know, and what creator does not love his masterpiece? What creator does not love what he created? For those of you parents out here, just remember the first time you held your son or daughter. I mean, instantly your heart was melted. You were done. You were undone by unconditional love for this thing that you have created, Right? And, uh, and God, remember, God, when he views you, he views you like parents view their newborn. Just unprecedented, unmerited, just tidal wave of love, just because he is yours, because we are his. As Graham Cook remembers, uh, r- reminds us, why does God love you? He loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. That's all of the reason that you need. See, our, our identity is also made extraordinary when we remember that we are just not made for ourselves unto ourselves. That's a very American way to think, well, I myself as an individual, just me and Jesus. But our identities are, are coming to full blossom when we remember that we are part of this human race and we are part of the body of Christ. Let me give you this quick example. So look at this strange thing, all right? It's very unimpressive, cheap rubber, little chain on here, all right? Some of you might feel like this object. This object here is called a what? Anybody know? A flapper. All right. This is a flapper, right? Even the name is ridiculous. So um, I think some of us feel like flappers. Right? So we're looking around at other people, and we see that uh, they have, they're way more gifted than we are. Uh, we feel like maybe we have a disadvantage because we have a disability, a disease, or a setback. We're not gifted like others, and we feel like a flapper. But you know what? If flappers did not exist, American life would be a nightmare, right? <laughs> These go in the, not the bowl, in the tank of your toilet, all right? And they, and they regulate the filling of the water. And uh, sometimes the toilet keeps running and running. There goes your money, there goes your water. And then your kids are like, I don't know, they hear running for three days, like, I don't know why that toilet's making such a big noise. Like, ah, oh, you need the flapper. The flappers are, you know, to, you know, if you want to save, if you're interested in saving money and water and you want your toys to actually flush, this thing becomes invaluable. So what I'm saying is, if some of us feel like we're flappers, you know what? Be a flapper for the glory of God because we need flappers, right? And we are valuable. Yeah, so let me remind you, if you feel purposeless, you know what? You are not. Because that would be God's first oops if he did not love you, if he did not create you for a purpose. Remember, you aren't conditionally loved just because you have a purpose, but because you are already unconditionally loved, God has given you a purpose, right? God doesn't treat you utilitarian, like you're only valuable to him as long as you, as long as, you, know, you perform for him. 
He loves you, and because he loves you so much, he's giving you a purpose. You're a masterpiece. He doesn't just hang you on the wall and be like, oh, that's in that, look at that Stephen Demetrius Keller. That's a nice picture. We'll just hang him here, and every time I go into this room once every three months, I'll take a look at it. No, he puts us to work to use for his kingdom, and that's a beautiful thing. Well, the, uh, let's look at the second reason before we uh, enter into worship today. The second reason we are a masterpiece is because not just we were born a masterpiece, but we were reborn a masterpiece. If you look at the scripture in, ta- in context, which is always good, any of you, if you're brave enough, find your favorite scripture, your favorite one verse, and then make sure you study all of the verses around it, all right? So it might change the way you look at that verse, but it's a good thing to do. So uh, the two verses before Ephesians 2.10 says this, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is all about salvation, right? This is it clearly, verse 10 is clearly connected to 8 and 9. So God is talking about it, not, not just as a creation, like, in, like is written in Psalm 139, but as a new creation. Simply put, we are not just created masterpieces, but we are re- recreated. Remember 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? A new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. And remember, remember the beautiful thing? I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago. God never... If he sees your brokenness, he never says, I'm just going to start over from scratch. You're eliminated from existence. I'm going to do something new. No, he takes our brokenness and he redeems us. He forgives us. He gives us a new life and a new heart. He is in the redemption business. And that's what's so great because God is a God that gives beauty for what? For ashes. Boy, that is a true sign of an artist, right? Here's a pile of ashes. Make something of it. God will make beautiful things out of it. This could be a whole sermon in and of itself. But some of us need to be reminded who we are in Christ because for some reason, we are all chronically um, adept at spiritual amnesia. We have, a, we have a tendency to forget who we are in Christ. I'll tell you this quick story. Um, there was a father who moved his whole family from their home for many years. He got a new job. He had to move to a different town. It really messed up the family, especially their middle school daughter. She was really messed up by this. She was lost. She was uh, bordering on anxiety and depression. And so when they moved into their new home, uh, the, the father felt inspired by the Holy Spirit to sit with her every night before he prayed with her and just begin to tell her who she was in Jesus. He would say, he would put his hand on her and say, you are a precious daughter. You are the apple of his eye. You were chosen. You are adopted. You are loved. So he did this for weeks, and she never really said anything. Never really said anything. And so after a few weeks, he's like, okay, well, I check, check that box. And so uh, hopefully that did something. So that one night he just goes and prayed for her and kissed her and walked out. And she said, Daddy. And he turned around and said, what? And she goes, can you come back here and remind me who I am? And I thought, man, that's us. Boy, we need to be reminded who we are. And so um, I'm going to ask Shannon and Elijah to come up. Um, if any of you ever heard Jason Gray's song, he wrote a song called Remind Me Who I Am. And uh, the part of the lyrics are, when I lose my way and I forget my name, remind me who I am. In the mirror, all I see is who I don't want to be. Remind me who I am. In the loneliest places, when I can't remember what grace is, tell me once again who I am, who I am to you. Tell me, lest I forget who I am to you, that I belong to you. Sheila, why don't you come up here? I want you, as we prepare our hearts to worship, I want you, if you want, to just close your eyes. Shannon and Elijah, they're just going to take a moment here, and then they're going to remind us 
who we are in Christ. They're going to help us to overcome our spiritual amnesia. In God's paradoxical way, the last way that we become a masterpiece is this. We are in progress. How many of you know that you are in progress, right? So in God's paradoxical way where two things can be true at the same time that are seemingly opposite, God has already called us a masterpiece. We are recreated a masterpiece, but we are also in process. We are also becoming a masterpiece. In the same paradoxical, paradoxical way, God loves you. God loves you just as you are, but at the same time, he loves you too much to let you stay the way that you are. What I love about this is Romans uh, chapter 8. Everyone knows Romans 8, uh, 28, which is an amazing verse. But uh, even more amazing, I think, is Romans 8, 29. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to what? To be conformed. Everyone say conformed. Conformed to the image of his son. God just didn't predestine us to go to heaven. I tell the kids in the youth group, if heaven was the number one goal of salvation, he would have killed you as soon as he saved you, right? What's the point of all this? But God, he wants us to be like Jesus, to be transformed, not just in a glorified body someday for as awesome as that will be, but in this life. Because that, the S word, right, sanctification, sanctification which is so beautifully described by John the Baptist in John chapter 3. When he spoke of Jesus, he said, He must increase, I must decrease. That, my friends, is sanctification. We are being, we are being chiseled and molded into the, into the image and the character of Jesus. We are made into his image, the imago dei, but sin came and has tainted it, right? And so we are being fully restored to our true image, our true nature as we become like Jesus. The Westminster Shorter, Shorter Catechism says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And here's the deal with that, is that to the extent that we can become like Christ is the extent that we can glorify God. So if we do not allow ourselves to be chiseled in this life, to become like Christ, our ability to glorify God here and for eternity will be hindered. And how many want that? We want to say, God, just have your way because my life is to glorify you and to enjoy you. And that will truly be manifested as we are made like Jesus. Thank you for listening to the KPC podcast. For more messages and information, visit kpc.org.